Before we start this podcast, we would like to acknowledge the true locals, the First Nations people who have been custodians of the lands, waters and cultures for tens of thousands of years. We pay respect to First Nations elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this podcast is taking place on Gadigal land in Australia where sovereignty was never ceded. Eddie Hudson is a surfer and globetrotting adventurer based out of Bondi Beach, Sydney. He's recently come back from over a year-long trip, which we'll hear all about, and then joined the famous Bondi lifeguard team. He's one of my dearest friends and a lust for life in keeping the stoke high like no one I've ever met. Eddie Hudson, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that was a beautiful introduction. Yeah, thank you for that. That was kind words good to be here thanks for having me board sucks oh no worries mate thanks for having me in your hometown Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah what's been what's been going on how's it been been growing up in bondi it's been good like it's been a like a lot of different changes that sort of happened living in bondi i mean i sort of grew up here and i just remember a time when from my dad would take me to the beach and there'd be like this nude surfing fucking festival on mm. and I just would sit there as a kid being like, what is going on here? And there'd just be hundreds of people surfing naked. And then now it's sort of just gone like, oh, just such a change with all the, all the wankers and hipsters and whatever mm. and just money kind of influencing the joint, but still kind of have to keep that old school Bondi vibe alive of just – Scum Valley. Yeah, Scum Valley, 100%. <laughs> yeah, nice. I know, so definitely can't complain. What age did you find, like, it just gradually happened since you were that that sort of change or did you really notice, like, a time where it all just sort of clicked over uh, and you're like... Yeah, it was pretty gradual, I guess. I don't know, there was some... When, when you, you've kind of heard of, like, celebrities starting to move in and famous sportsmen and, and that sort of set it off a bit and that you know, change the sort of atmosphere a bit when all of a sudden someone big would roll into town and then they'd buy an apartment and they'd buy some apartment that would just sell for millions. And then, yeah, I guess that sort of triggered a bit of a change in the whole like economy here and the vibe. But yeah. I mean, yeah. It's sort of similar to what's happening in Byron at the moment. Yeah. Like Matt Damon's and yeah, yeah. that sort of celebrity influence getting over there. Yeah, exactly. Pushing house prizes up. But um, mm. yeah, cool, man. Mm-hmm. Have you sort of noticed like the beach and the crowd? Has that always been as bad as it is now? Or Yeah, it's got, always been yeah. crowded. I think, I don't know. I just remember it might, like, it depends. Like, the summers have always been busy. And then the winters, you know, there wasn't too many people in the water. But now with weddies these days and just technology, like, you can surf. COVID all and JobKeeper as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, COVID has been insane. This. These last few weeks, honestly, has been the busiest I've ever seen it. Like, yeah, regardless, winter. yeah, even mm-hmm. even like in the water, like it, it could be a busy summer day in two thousand five mm-hmm. with borders open, no COVID, anything, and it's like busier now than it's been. And yeah, I guess because everyone's just kind of they got to do something, and they all move to Bondi, and surfing's cool now. So get out there and fucking get a wave and run over someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of that going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of weird to see like the water so crowded and the beach 
pretty much empty. Yeah, yeah, I know. Crazy, yeah, crazy yeah. scenes. It will. So yeah, growing up, where was your local mm. beach? Did you sort of surf Bondi or Tamara or one of these other little? Yeah, I guess I was definitely growing up. I would go to Bondi, just nag my mum to take me to Bondi, and then just get out there on the foamy and and battle it out. Just get real frustrated and whatever you know. Those first few years of dealing with fucking waves that you're not really capable of dealing with, but you just want to get out there anyway. And then remember getting it, and then finally like seeing Tanner and Brunty, and then being like, "Oh, this is so much better." Just like never surfing Bondi again, mm. and then fell like fell in love with Tanner. That was sort of my place, just because it was just such a felt like a bit of a novelty. You know, you got all the rocks, you got this little bit of reef. I got like sand that is either on the shore or out the back and constantly changing. So it was just like hard to figure it out, really hard to figure. And because it changes so quickly, you just had to spend so much time there to know where the banks were. So Tamo was definitely my, my yeah. favorite one in the East. Nice. Yeah. I, I mm. found the same. When I moved here, I was in love with Tamarama. I haven't really yeah. surfed it. Yeah, properly in like a year now. That's the thing. I know. I've seen a break for. Yeah, it just disappears. It'll just Mm. have nothing to offer for months and time, and then just be cooking for little periods, or like have a really fun shory. Just something about it. Yeah. So when you're growing up, did you find there was like much localism, or did you go down to the bra much? No, never really. I mean, like there was always the Bronny crew who really stayed faithful to Bronny and the Maruba crew obviously as well. And I just sort of found that I just didn't want to pick any side. I just want to have options everywhere. And I recognized everyone in the water and never saw any, any fights or anything go down. Like, like, you know, other spots compared to down the coast, you know, around Wollongong or anywhere you go, there's definitely localism, but I think it's hard in Sydney. You can't like, there's just too many people and if you're going to go out there and brush fucking get frustrated with someone and you probably shouldn't be surfing there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe doing more fighting than surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice man. Sure. First time mm. I met you was on a good long trip overseas. Where was your mm. sort of first big yeah. surf trip for you that sort of changed everything? Oh, the, mate, the first trip, I remember just getting so psyched on going to Indo like all through my last of a couple of years of school. When I finished school, I was like, sweet, it's on. We've got to, we've got to make this happen. And Jasper and I kind of saved money throughout the summer. And then that next winter in 2010, we, we booked a boat trip. We like blew out on this boat because we didn't know there was another way of doing the Mentawi Islands. And so we did this sick boat trip for 12 days on, on the Bintang. And it was just the most, yeah, most incredible experience. I still remember being freaked out by how perfect the waves were and then at the same time so terrified on that last day when we just got this crazy swell that hit rifles and then like the whole experience of traveling and surfing and being meeting random people and like living with them on a boat yeah that was that that just set me off i was like i'm gonna do this forever (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Nice. Yeah. Yes. How was that boat trip? I know. Yeah, so sick. Yeah. I had a few mates that would did yeah. the same thing, and they probably weren't at the same surfing level as you. Yeah. And they said they just went over and just got so flogged. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ten out of fourteen days of just well, that was it. Getting flogged, like, getting scared, mate, staying on the boat. It was crazy. Like we had a good swell at the start of the trip and scored really fun waves, and then kind of got small, and then right at the end it got huge, like biggest swell of the season. 
and we geared up. We wanted to have a crack or at least like get out there and feel it. And it was just this day at Rifles. It was 10 foot, like two people had jumped off the boat and just jumped in this current. And it's like this crazy sweep that like rips all the way up the point. And just to paddle, just to stay in the one spot, you have to just paddle your heart off just to be stationary. Mm. Then the learn to paddle into a wave it just took so much more and then you've got these like four footers which are fun and you've got sort of these six footers which break a bit further out and then you've got these just 10 foot bombs that they were towing like you couldn't even paddle into them because there's just oh, so much time yeah, yeah yeah so i remember it was like mark matthews was out there and a few other crews some of the brony boys and the bra boys were, were towing and and it was just like so next level big and mutant mm. scary and, and rifles has just got the most uneven reef it's got these big coral heads that just have only a foot or two of water and it's really deep next to it mm. so it's just ugly when it when you see these things roll through and i remember like that day there was this i think it was portuguese this goofy footer who was riding this massive board and he was just taking off on like the stupidest way, not even getting close to making them. <laughs> and he took off on this one and we'd only been in the water for 10 minutes and he didn't make it. He just got clipped, but he was so deep in the barrel. And then he's just come up and he's dead set, like missing half of his face, like Whoa. from underneath his eye all the way down to his cheek and then to his jaw on his other side, this big flap of skin was just hanging off. And so it was just lucky there was That's a jet heavy. ski. Yeah, yeah, so heavy. So, did you find uh, out who it was? No, I don't know who it was. It's just this some some like underground charger. Yeah, Indo charger. Yeah, few of them. But it's just like he would have had to go back. He would have probably got flown. He would have had to go back to the island and then get airlifted to Padang and flown to Singapore to go get his surgery because it was such a brutal injury. Mm. And I remember just, and then like literally like 10 minutes later, Mark Matthews is just like pulling into this just ridiculous way of putting both of his hands up in the barrel. Mm. And then I was, that was when I first had respect for professional service. Like, okay, mm. these guys are good. They can have it, you know, like yeah. fucking, they deserve everything they have. Mm. Cause it was just like, yeah, to see that guy eat shit and then see, yeah, yeah okay, you just can't let that deter you. Nah. Right? And then, mm. yeah, full circle since then, I guess mm. Mark's had his fair share. I know. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. He's got he's got smoked a lot of times, yeah. but he just has a crack every time. Yeah. He's like still having a crack. Mm. It's pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. And then since then, you did yeah. some more traveling. A lot of travel. Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Is that Mexico. After, yeah. yeah. We went to Mexico maybe How a couple years after that. So. Been there. Oh, I went there on a big trip, like, then to South America, that was sort of, we were there for a few weeks and then went all, all the way around South America and then ended up going back to Mexico with Jasper and Conrad, like, yeah, a couple of years later or something because it was just like we were front. We, we never scored the points and we mm. wanted to get the points on down south. So it was sick to get to go down there and get a couple of good swells. Yeah. Barrel Dollar Cruise. Yeah. Oh, a bit further south. A bit further, like Selena Cruise. Selena Cruise. Yeah, Selena right. Cruise. Yeah. yeah. Not much yeah. to do down there. Nothing Sutter. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the most desolate place. Mm. Like, to get to these waves is so hard. There's just all these little tracks full of down cactus fields and farms. And it's just like, you have to know a local for sure mm. or just have- Pay a guide. Or, pay a guide. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or just have someone give you a good tip. But- we took a guide and it was so worth it. It was the mm. best trip we've ever done, I reckon. Nice. Like, yeah. And mm. no problems with 
locals down there or oh, cartel type characters? Yeah, definitely a few sketchy moments. The locals at this one joint were were super gnarly. Like this, I remember this little wave and it breaks off a, a tiny little break wall. It's at this long beach, so long you can't even see either end. And then it's just this big shore and they built this break wall and just created this perfect browning wedge just next to it. And we pulled up and there's only like two other people out there. It's like two local guys and then us and our crew and, and we were just surfing it all morning, getting fun waves. And then I just, we came in for a break and then I was like, oh, why don't we, you know what, it's probably just much quicker to just jump off the top of the break wall and then be straight out there in the surf. So jumped off the break wall and then this set comes and there's these two two locals in the water and one of them gets the first wave. Like I just paddled wide. I wasn't even going to look at their wave. I was like, yeah, obviously they've got priority. They're locals. They've got the inside. They can get the first waves and then I'll get whatever's behind it. And so that's exactly what happened. One guy got the first one. The other guy got the second. And then the third was like happened to be the best wave of the set. And I was like, sick, perfect. Took off on that. Went all the way to shore, got a, got a fun barrel, kicked off, and I'm paddling back out, and I just see this local guy looking at me, just screaming, just like yelling, yelling. And I was like, oh, wait. As he just, oh, I thought maybe he was cheering for me. I thought he was like happy. <laughs> and then next thing I know, he's like, he's looked back at him. He's got the angriest face, like mm. fucking steam coming death out eyes. of his ears. Yeah, <laughs> full death eyes. And he was paddling so, he was chasing me out the point. And I was like, oh, my God, this is not good. Like, mm. he wants me out. <laughs> and like, I ended up doing this little U-turn paddling towards the rocks and this t- and dead set, it was flat, and then this tiny little wave comes from nowhere right next to the break wall, and I catch it, this little one-footer, and, it just, yeah. and he's just behind me, and he just misses it, and I catch that all the way to shore, and I get to shore, and he's paddling, like, ferociously coming at me, just head down, arms going so quick and I was like no way he's like I'm out of the water like what just chill out and then he just gets out of the water and just sprints like chase me for like a hundred meters and I was like nah I was like this is heavy like he's not gonna get me I'm gonna run I'm gonna fucking run fast (laughs) (laughs) and he's right I've just run straight back to my guide Jesus (laughs) and I was like has he like what help me help me and then Hezzy's just come in and just like diffuse the situation and old mate's just yelling at me so dirty, so mm. filthy for that, like, me jumping off there. Like, that was the local just only being, jump. Oh, really? Yeah, that was yeah. The local only yeah, jump. and then Jesus was like, okay, you can't surf again. Yeah. As long as he's in the water, you have to sit out, like, because he'll kill you. Yeah. He'll kill you. Wow. Yeah. And, and it was hectic. Because then, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I thought he was going to surf all day, and I was on the rocks just watching Jasper, him, Jesus, no, no, Jesus, the guy who chased me out yeah. and then his mate just get trade barrels for oh. like the next two hours. Just devastating. Yeah, it was pretty heavy. And then, but eventually he got out and then I got back in. And then it ended up getting kind of hectic because we went back home for lunch. And then they were just like, all these Mexicans at this spot were just drinking. They, they got these Corona Megas. It's like a litre big beers. And they're just putting away like, mega after mega drinking so much beer mm. and then we went home for lunch little siesta come back surf had kind of turned pretty shitty and so we had a quick like session it was just turned we got some wind swell and then went home and then 
these guys were all hammered. And the guy that like chased me out of the water, he was so off his head. He'd come up to me and he said that he, he apologized. He actually said sorry and he gave me a big hug. And then literally we left them. And then one of their mates, we ended up finding out, went for a swim that afternoon and then he drowned. Like he wow. fully, yeah, they didn't get him back. It was like one of their crew. And yeah. he was also good friends with like some of the boys that we were at the camp with. Oh, no. I know, so it was just like so. Was he active. like a surfer, the guy? Yeah, no, 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 he wasn't. No, he wasn't okay, a surfer. Yeah. He was just a friend. He was just, he was just some dude who was hanging out with him. Didn't surf. Yeah. Couldn't swim very. Probably well. couldn't swim very well in all of his clothes. Just been drinking all afternoon, yeah. and like the surf didn't even look that dangerous. It was just, mm. it looked like it was just windy and messy, but. Yeah, it was hectic. Yeah. And we were leaving the next day and it was kind of good we were because it was just the vibe was so down. Like they, the guys at the camp had just lost like one of their best friends. Yeah. So it was, oh, yeah, yeah, a lot of different feelings it's going on. Definitely, yeah, some wild stuff happens over in Central America. Yeah, for sure. Like people place. have a lot of disregard for anyone else and themselves yeah. as well. Like it was heavy. Mm-hmm. But for sure. Good experience. Um, yeah, so then you, you traveled through all Central and South from there? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Where you went? Oh, no, not on, yeah, no, not on that trip. That was, that was just Mexico, but we went, we did Central and South before that one. Yeah. And so that was when we did yeah, like, sort of like El Costa Rica Salvador, and Panama. Yeah, yeah, Panama. Yeah. And like, we, could, we were kind of there though, not in the best swell season. We were more just yeah. backpacking and then just hoping to get some waves on the side. So. Yeah. What was, what was some uh, highlights mm. from that trip? Mm. Central and South areas. Mate, El Salvador for sure. Yeah. So many sick waves there. Mm. So many sick waves and so much, like, the people there were beautiful. Then the culture was also really hectic because there's this gang, I think they're called the MS-13 or KS-13, and we would just hear all this shit that they're just, like, we were there, I was there with my girl at the time and, there was like a bus would get pulled up like just down the road from us and then we heard that this that like they just beheaded everyone on the bus and it was like just going on. These gangs would just ask or demand all this stuff from the government and the government wouldn't give it to them so they would say, okay, we're going to go kill everyone on the bus and mm-hmm. they just hijack these buses and, we, and it was wild because we were traveling around at the time and I remember just ne- being so wigged out by being in a country where every single person had a machete on them, like everyone. Mm. Like, and then, and even when buses would change lanes, people like the doormen on the buses would would be waving their machetes out on the street to like who would get priority, who would get preference, like into merge, just into just to merge into yeah. a lane. Just so much aggression, like they just mm. want to scare everyone off. I guess they're so like, scared of getting stopped as well. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah like, I remember when hectic. I was there as well. It was, yeah. I had to get a few like escorts and stuff mm. just because yeah, heaps of car like yeah, yeah robberies and carjackings going on. Mm. Um, yeah, it was wild. Yeah, but such a beautiful. I don't know, just such good food and good waves and just good good people. That was so warm and welcoming, and just couldn't believe that this whole all this carnage is going on just in the background. Yeah. Yeah. It's just stocks down yeah, for them, I guess. Yeah, uh, it is. Think about yeah. what's probably happening now. I know. Yeah. COVID, know throwing another spanner in the works. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, epic. Wow. And then we obviously went to mm. to Europe together before mm. I met you in France. Yeah. Where were you? Yeah, where was I? We had a crazy trip. That was like, we started the trip in Russia. Yeah. 
and we just did this. Yeah, so we started like, the idea was that my dad and Conrad were real keen to go to Russia just because it was a good time to go if you went to, a, got a, a ticket to a game, you could see a game and that was your visa in and then you'd be able to do all these other bonuses, go to festivals and travel around for free. So we ended up going, we went to Russia and then, which was just off its head to start with, like mm-hmm. going to this completely random town called Kazan, which is just like pretty much smack bang in the middle of the country. Like they, they'd never even seen like other Europeans, let alone like people from all countries of the world. So they were like really cool. They just took it on so well. Like we'd go to these bars and then tell someone you're from Australia and they're just instantly giving you shots. Just, yeah. just the funniest shit was happening. Like they're showing you pictures of their pet lions. <laughs> I like, 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 honestly, it was ridiculous. And then I've got all these arm wrestling stations in like all these bars. And I just remember Jasper doing, just doing arm, res- uh, arm wrestling. Yeah. How like, you go? Um, First oh, big Russians. He got smoked. No, he got flattened. <laughs> but he, no, yeah, I think he had a couple of wins. But it was just hilarious. Like that's just such a big part of the culture, arm wrestling. And you go out to the parks and there's just arm wrestling stations all all around the place and just people just going at it, putting money down. Doing, Tough culture. Yeah, yeah, brutal culture. But like so sick. It was it was crazy. And then from there we went, we traveled around Eastern Europe and then ended up going to like, oh yeah, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia. Yeah, and then, had a bit of a hitchhiking race. Yeah, yeah, a bit of, yeah, we, yeah, we hitchhiked. We, Conrad and Amy hitchhiked against Jasper and I from Vilnius to, uh, wait, some, from Latvia to Lithuania, I forget the capital. Yeah. And we ended up like having the shocker, just walking around in circles. No one would pick us up. No one wants to pick up no two one, guys. No, two guys. And then Connor and Amy ended up getting there so easily. Yeah. They ended up like getting lift with, they got like four lifts. And in their last lift, they even had someone give them a cold beer in the car. Like, <laughs> <laughs> compared to us, it was, it was heavy. We, we walked. Four days. Like 20 Ks, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then ended up with all of our shit as well. We had so much big bag. It was hot. And then we ended up just going back to the bus station and getting the bus there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And then what? And then we ended up like driving across, doing this crazy roadie, getting getting a hold of a van, thanks to Jad and Roma, and then just pinning it from Romania to Spain, which was hectic. That was yeah. just like such, a, such an adventure, just going these back streets of all these countries. And so then, good driving yeah. around. Yeah. In it was van. the best. Got, yeah. yeah. And then that's when we teed up in, in yeah. Spain and when we, we hit Spain, France and Portugal. Yeah. Just getting mental waves and just partying a lot. Yeah, men and Hossa guy and that yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. Hossa guy for a lot of reasons. Good yeah. waves. Yeah. It's not like that time of year there. It's oh, just insane. It's going off. I know. Yeah. I you guess that must be like there. just their three weeks where mm. everyone from all over Europe comes to yeah. Hossa because I guess yeah. – like they got super mm. tube boss on the tour, or they did, but I just don't feel like it would get as much traffic. No, no way. That's the life. busiest time. Yeah, yeah, just the end of the summer there, like September, October, when yeah. the comps are on. Couldn't it's... recommend a place to stay. More yeah. Than yeah. Ago, so good. Yeah. And yeah, I just remember getting there, and it was like still pretty warm, light yeah. for ages. It was just like perfect time of year. Waves didn't really stop for, I think we had like maybe three or four days off. Yeah. 
fully no, good ways. Pumping good ways. Scored good ways. Yeah. Only negative Everywhere. is having all the world tour surfers just doing 360 airs over you on yeah, the free surfs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Julian Wilson dropped in a meet cheers. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got that's right. You guys got that session that you were surfing Lenord, I think, down like right at the end of the beach. Where the, and those, the banks there were firing. Yeah, yeah. They weren't. Okay, they, they thought about moving the comp to that end. Oh, it's yeah. It's just like, it would be too much. Yeah. And yeah, that was yeah. sick. But I think Morocco was definitely the highlight. Like, mm. Morocco, would, yeah, like, we kind of lost each other for a month or so. Yeah. We had to go back, drop the van off in London. You, yeah, you went to Morocco. Yeah, I was in Morocco. Yeah. By myself for a bit, yeah, with yeah. the boys, and sort of did a bit of exploring and finding mm-hmm. out where the good breaks were. And then, mm-hmm. only negative about Morocco is you're going to get sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, not you, but everyone nah, else is going to get sick. No, nah, I had my moment though. Yeah, yeah, not for too long. Yeah. Oh, what, was that when I was there? No, no, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got yeah. so sick. Yeah. But um, yeah. Then went into inland Morocco, which is really nice. Hmm. And then came back and that's when it started pumping. Yeah, yeah, mm. fully. Because I remember I, I met you in like mid-Jan and it was, and then January was pretty flat. Like we didn't get too many waves at the start. Mm. I remember just kind of wigging out and being like, wow, yeah. this place is beautiful. There's so many, the landscape is off its head. It's, the people are so bizarre. Like it's mm. such an interesting culture. Everyone all the men and the women are so separated and yeah, and it's just big time. Yeah, it just didn't feel that right, but they were all doing their thing and yeah. everyone was really happy. Basically the men just sit around and drink tea and do essentially nothing all yeah. day. Yeah. And the women just hide. They're just in their drinking this, doing all the yeah. everything. All the all the laundry, <laughs> all the, the cleaning, kid, the cooking. Everything. The men are outside in groups just drinking tea with so much sugar that's mm. remember the huge fuck yeah. off sugar cubes. And then they're just smoking so much hash. It's just like mm. they must be going insane. But definitely being all that sugared up. Some pretty uh, interesting mm. dental arrangements going on. Yeah, <laughs> that much sugar and that much hash. Hundred percent. See some of the world's crookest teeth. Yeah, fully. But yeah, I just loved it. Like everything yeah. about Morocco just was so smells. Good. I know. Waves. Yeah. yeah. Just like the strangest place. Yeah, mix of Africa, Europe, and yeah, it was sort of the rest of the world, Arabic yeah. culture. Yeah, um, yeah, it was sick. Fuck, we got we did some good missions. Like, yeah, a mission that really sticks out to me is the one where we went up to we drove. It was like the first big swell that they were kind of hyping up, and we went mm. from Agadir or no Tagazut rather, and we drove to Safi, which was about five or six hours north. Yeah. And then Safi's got like that just ridiculous wave that it's just yeah fuck it's the biggest headland the longest heaviest wave how's how's driving into it you drive through it, yeah massive yeah. exporters of phosphate phosphate yeah so yeah, it's like yeah. a Simpsons episode where yeah. you're just like driving yeah yeah actually you have to drive you through do that you area. have to drive through and the it's phosphate just like huge mines. yeah yeah phosphate mines blowing smoke either side yeah. of you it's so yeah. weird and like. Apocalyptic, so so bizarre. That and then was, you went and surfed it. I know, yeah, right yeah. next to it. Literally like, went and so like yeah. we drove through the phosphate mine, and I was like, oh, stop! Like, look, there's a little wave. There's like I've seen a good wave mm. down there. 
And we somehow got our like tiny shitbox Fiat all the way down that road. And yeah. I remember like being like, all right, we've made it this far. We've got to surf. Yeah. And then jumped off with a runoff, like all that water's coming down, this big waterfall, this huge man-made waterfall. And it was literally like 28 degrees or like even warmer. Yeah, which is bizarre. Yeah. I was surfing in a 3-2 yeah, yeah. and I was cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the water's cold in Morocco. It's like you're never really that comfortable unless mm-hmm. you have a good wetty. And then I remember just jumping off in this runoff and it's like t- cooking water and then you paddle out to the point and there's this right breaking off at this perfect little right with no yeah, one fun. else around. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then the water though on the right is freezing. So you take off on the point and it's like cold water and then you serve right to the end and then you're at the bottom of the waterfall from the phosphate runoff yeah. and you're like 28 degrees but you just feel so slimy. I remember like getting out of that session and being covered in like the stickiest water. <laughs> I remember there being fishermen was, mate, it was fishing off the so point. I wonder crook. if they were yeah, like pulling up yeah, yeah, yeah. fish with three fish eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but that was interesting because I remember yeah. meeting a guy the next day and he was like, oh, that's totally illegal grounds to surf oh, really? there. Yeah. yeah, he's like, you can't surf there. That's all part of the mines. That's like they regulate that. But yeah. I guess we just got lucky that day. Mm. Yeah, that was a weird um, Yeah, it's definitely – Interesting town, like so. The, yeah. You wouldn't go there if you weren't a surfer. No, so no not way. used to tourists yeah. at all. Yeah, and we had got so oh, hassled. Mate, it was bizarre, wasn't it? Like mm. rolling in there, it's like smelliest, dirtiest place. So many like unhappy or weird people. Like it was a strange vibe. Mm. And they just happened to sit on the port, like, which has got. I reckon it's the world's best wave. On its day, I reckon dead set. It's just so fucking perfect and it can handle such big swell and it's so heavy. Like, like that's the way it's Billy Kemper, like got smoked on that. Like Billy yeah. Kemper has been surfing the biggest waves all over the world. And he's had his, the, head, the worst injury of his life at that, at yeah. that ride. It's really telling, isn't it? Yeah, like I surf Jaws. I know. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Falls on like eight, ten foot waves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so much power. And then we, when we surfed it, when we got there the next morning, we were like so psyched to surf it, and it was just like everyone was in town. Like people, all the Europeans had flown in. Everyone in Morocco had driven there. I remember checking it. It was dark, and there, I reckon there would have been fifty people in the water. Yeah, and it was you couldn't even see the waves coming. No. And we were like, fuck. This <laughs> it was a proper stitch up. <laughs> it was like three foot. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't even yeah. eight. It was no. three foot three f- and yeah, it was maybe. really good. Like it was perfect lining up and running, but like not not big enough to be barreling and yeah. definitely not big enough to, to worry f- drive six yeah, hours. <laughs> yeah, drive six hours, let alone people who would have flown from Europe just mm. like psyching for to get it on. And yeah, then what happened? We fucking we got out there though. Yeah, I was having fun. Well, you, yeah, you had a good surf. <laughs> yeah, I just sat down at the bottom and just got the straps. Yeah, you, you did, yeah. I waited for a good one. Yeah, I wanted to go up top and just just wait for everyone to get a wave and then just assert my authority in the lineup and get that one. And it took like, I reckon it took 45 minutes. And it was weird because like, I mean, there were so many bodyboarders around and I'm like, why the fuck are people dick dragging this way? Like, <laughs> this is stupid. Like, what? Like, you can't. Sure, this is just a perfect point break. Anyway, all the bodyboarders, like, I just had, I had like, 
30 conversations with people and they're all really nice. They're like, hey, how you going? And they'd look at me and they'd size me up and then a wave would come and they'd, they'd go and they'd, and they'd go and I'd just let them go. I was like, sweet, I'm just going to let them go. Let them, let, let them all go. Not even show any interest in a wave because then when that one comes and I'm, I'm on, you know, and it's all worth just letting them go and I was chatting and, and then they'd paddle around me, they'd paddle inside, snake me, whatever, cut me off, all good, let them do that, 45 minutes of that. And then finally this one comes and I'm like pretty much by myself and there's no one even like to contest for it. So I've gone it and I've easy drop and I'm just hooning down the line, just looking at this line that's just stretching for like, fuck, felt like 500 meters. You see this thing, I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. This is what I've been waiting for. And then like a lot of people paddling for it, but then they see that I was just gunning it and then they're holding back. Another guy paddled, hold back and it kept on happening. And then someone eventually drops in on me and then he looks back at me and then kicks off. And I was like, sweet. Okay. This is good. People know this is my wave. Still hooning down the line. And then, then this guy just completely fades me. Just, looks back at me, didn't give a shit, just does a huge bottom turn, whack, and, and then I'm right next to him, another bottom turn, big cutty comes back next to me, and then he looks at me and he's yells something at me in Arabic, and then he just puts his hand out and just slaps me, like gave me the biggest open hand whack yeah. I've ever had in my life. Like no one's ever hit me like that ever, and I was surfing just behind him on the wave, just like couldn't believe it was just in shock, like still on the wave, just got this completely numb fucking ears ringing, cheeks really sore. And then I ended up straightening out and I just see him from the corner of my eye pull into this barrel and he just got barreled for like 30 metres or 50 metres down the point and then comes out and just surfed it like all the way to the end. Yes. It was hectic. I was so, so rattled after that. I was like, oh my God. That was, <laughs> I was not expecting that. I thought I was going to be on then. Yeah. Yeah. I remember and that, that remember, same guy we saw him yeah, in a fight with somebody. He was else. a clicker. There was so much surf rage out yeah. there. So was, much aggro. It was heavy. You needed to be big just to spread the crowd out. Exactly. That was, that yeah. Was absolute circus. Yeah. Yeah. It was heavy. Like, I reckon of all the places I've ever been, the surf rage in Morocco is by far the worst mm. I've seen. Like the such poor behavior, really aggressive, yeah. young and young young kids as well. Like yeah, that like fourteen year old kid trying to drown. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was back. wild. That was City Kalki. City yeah. K- whatever. What was the name of that wave? That was a sick wave. Uh, yeah, City Kalki. Yeah. Uh, its name's the Jewel mm. in French. Le Grot. Yeah, yeah Le Grot. That's it. Yeah. Le Grot. Yeah. That was a sick giant, and again, that was like. Yeah, a little just, bit tarnished. Yeah, by, uh, the locals just were, the locals there just were so aggressive. You couldn't at all even like sit at the top of the point. They just bunch up. I saw them send in a couple of Germans, just give them a <laughs> hiding, and then and then I, I remember trying to paddle to the point like at that joint. Whilst after even after they'd all got waves, they were all so far down, and I went up there and just waited. I was like, oh no, like there's no set coming. They and they all paddled back. back and they all just like fully tried to drown me. Like yeah. <laughs> one guy jumped on my back on the water and put me in a chokehold, like oh. put me in a headlock <laughs> and was just on me. And he's just like some like 15-year-old grommet. Yeah. That guy was skits. He was proper. Yeah. And he like, 
he just had so much anger. Like you'd see him on the beach and he'd be pissed off. You'd see him yeah. off, like having lunch, he's sort pissed like. off. You'd see him in the car, like right at the top where yeah. we were staying, he'd be pissed off. He had so much attitude. Mm. But yeah, it just gets to that point where you're like, yeah. if you're going to go surf and be, yeah. just come out more annoyed. Yeah. Maybe you should try like, a different hola. sport. <laughs> Meditating. Well, like it was crazy because karma ended up getting him majorly because mm. remember that it was the last day i don't think i was there oh, for that you, there. you told right. me about it though. Yeah, yeah yeah i was there yeah i went back there a month later and, and got had it really good and he was just doing his same act of like clearing everyone out from the top of the point like not wanting anyone to sit at that zone and then i remember like he took off on this wave we just like it was firing it was like four foot it was probably like seven in the morning. We were just on for a whole day of waves and he was just telling everyone to fuck off. And then he took off on this wave. He pulled into this barrel and then dead said, I've seen him and he's just got blood coming right from the bottom of his eye and he'd speared his eye out. Like he fully fucking speared his eye and his eye was kind of hanging not all the way down, but it was just been pressed out. Like his, oh. the tip of his surfboard had gone into his eye. Yeah. And then he, he like the boys, he, he paddled in and then just, I saw the boys carry him out of the surf. Oh, and yeah. he had a heavy, yeah, heavy yeah. trek to hospital. Yeah. Like from that spot, it was like at least a half an hour walk up the cliff. Oh, it's a long How was that walk. mission? Yeah. Big mission. You go up this rocks, up this cliff all the way to the top and you get to the, the little town. And then it's probably where are you going to go? You're going to go to Agadir, or you're going to go to like back to Safi? Yeah, somewhere probably halfway between them. Yeah, two or three, three. hour drive. Mm, not where you want to be. And I remember seeing him the next like he he went and got fixed up, missed that whole day of pumping waves, and then came the straight day, back. Yeah, well, the next right. day we were on like I, I saw him the next day, and he was sitting there on the beach with this massive eye patch. Not surfing. Not surfing. Yeah, yeah he was out in the water Offered. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, and then I just remember looking at him and then mm. just being like, hey, like if you didn't worry about anyone else surfing, this wouldn't happen. But he was yeah. so worried, so frustrated by everyone around him mm. that he ended up like getting to this like, shit position. Yeah. He's just got Hopefully. no eye. I hope that he's learned from it, but mm. Mm. yeah. I wonder, yeah, it's just like karma. Yeah. Karma and is then finest. From, from Morocco, yeah. you went to, where was next? After I left, you went. Yeah, then to Senegal. Yeah. So Senegal was a random one because I was sort of meant to head back to Europe to work and just kind of do some summer stuff there. But then I ended up meeting this German guy who just gave Senegal like the best rap. He's like, mate, I've just come back from Senegal. You got to go, like... He got me in touch with this Danish guy who started up this camp called Jasper. And Jasper started this. Good omens. Yeah, 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 exactly. Camp for sure. And he, and he was just saying, yeah, there's all these like reefs with slabs. And he's like, you can drink there. There's, there's bars and it's just a cool vibe. And I was like, okay, it's, I think I'm ready for like that. You know, it's, Morocco yeah. is beautiful, but it's an intense culture with like not being able to drink, not, not being able to enjoy just a beer after yeah. a surf. And so ended up hitting up Jasper and he's like, yeah, you can, I can get your job as being a surf guide here. Um, just come, come now. So just nice. flew down there and then was just completely blown away by how like beautiful the place was and the people were. 
Yeah. yeah it was just like the so energy. Were you teaching like mm. beginners or intermediate surfers, but everyone? Mm. Yeah, it was a bit of surf coaching, but it was yeah. actually mainly surf guiding. So it was just showing, learning where all the waves were, figuring out kind of like how to get to them and like what the what the big hazards are and the dangers, and then taking all the all the cat all the staff. Sorry, all the the camp guests to all the waves and then surfing with them and then getting them back safely. Yeah. So it was like good job. Yeah, surf guiding sick. It was it was a sick job. And so we kind of I got in there. And I didn't even know any of the way where the waves were or what was going on, and but figured out that there's this really good right on the island. There was this little like Dakar's the capital, and it's crazy. There's just so many people, so much carnage going on. Like the most uh, densely populated city in Africa, apparently. Hmm. Just like you can't go anywhere without being hassled for more than like five seconds. It's constantly one person next. Yeah, and then you get this little boat and you drive for not even two minutes out to this island, Ilde Ngor. And Ngor Island is just like a tiny paradise. It's like you can walk around the island in like 10 minutes, no cars, couple of just like beautiful little bars and cafes and restaurants and then buildings with the surf camp and then randomly like the president has his holiday house on there, like big fuck off mansion like yeah wow. <laughs> which is hectic yeah and then there's a right that breaks on it and then there's a left on the other side of the island so you've got two good waves but the right is more consistent but the thing about it is that it's just like it's urchin infested it's just so many sea urchins on all of these waves like it's just heavy like you guarantee everyone's going to get smoked at some point yeah and so we so have a good medical setup. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. local boys there were unbelievable. Like they would, they, they have the best hands and they would just tweezer out everyone's urchins. Like, <laughs> Hopefully yeah. in 10 years, just all those urchins already mm. in someone mm. <laughs> knocked off the reef by some I know. Well, they, oh, it's just crazy. I've never seen a place where there's so many urchins, like all the way. So you get all these beginners that come from Europe and they're all like, learning to surf on these foamies and, and the right's like a really mellow wave when it's small and they all take off and they all ride the wave and then they fall off and it's like less than a foot Too deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just bed of urchins waiting for them. Far out. I know. And there's a lot of waves like well that. In like, Australia. No, yeah. No, it's hectic. Yeah, but they just have to, even with boot, like everyone wears booties and steamers and they still get through you. Far out. So people got smoked. But... I was just like, I was frothing because we got to go from Morocco to Senegal where it's like such a different vibe, different energy. And it was Friday night. There was like a bar having, having a party and everyone's drinking beers. People aren't aren't necessarily covered up, even though they're all Muslim, like the country's 95% Muslim, but the way they approach approach Muslim is so different to Morocco Mm. and the majority of the countries like they've got much more liberal sort of yeah sense about it and i guess that's because they've got they've got a french background and the french maybe wanted wanted to be a bit more relaxed yeah yeah it's interesting yeah i guess probably also i guess the more open they are with it the more tourism comes in and it's a bit easier yeah you said that in morocco like the culture is so strong that it it scares people away like girls girls are scared away that girls we're with yeah 
had yeah. a lot of problems over there being hassled by yeah by men sure. and just yeah. you know feeling mm. intimidated not wanting to we're pretty yeah. hot property in the hostel like yeah girls that just wanted to go out with us just to feel sort of safe and yeah 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 That's... nah but that like this first night was wild because we like I got in and everyone's drinking beer and I was like wow I haven't seen people chew and drink beer for three months it was just such a such a strange experience and I was like sick I'm gonna have a beer and we heard that there's a, a bar on the mainland so we got the boat over had a few beers at this bar and next thing you know there's a reggae party that's down the road and we're all going to go to the reggae party just because it's Friday it's what you do and I've met a few people they all seem pretty cool but I wanted to make sure I got back at a reasonable time because I had my first day of, of guiding on the Saturday morning but um, we ended up going out, having a late one, and then and to, but to get to the radio party, we needed some cash, and so we needed to get some money out from an ATM. So I've gone with this Austrian, uh, sorry, this Canadian guy, and he's walked me down the street. He's like, "Yeah, bro, come here. We'll, we'll get some cash out, and then we'll go to the radio party, and then we'll go home." So as we're walking down this road to the ATM, which is completely middle of nowhere, this random dark fucking little laneway but just I had no idea in the middle of nowhere it's just bizarre and then just putting all my trust in this Canadian guy because he's been living there for six months so we're walking down and we ended up like walking in front of a prison and we didn't even know it and, until two guards like come sprinting from outside the prison and they jumped over the fence and they go to us and they're like start yelling in French and then basically they arrested us. And then <laughs> I'm tripping out at this stage, like these guys are handcuffing me and the other guy. And like Trevor, he spoke French, so he was talking with them about what was going on. And then he whips out his ID. And then next thing I know is they're asking me for my ID, but I didn't have any ID on me. I was just like, oh, I just had a little bit of money. And my card, an ATM card to get cash out to get more money. That was all I had. And then this guy's like saying, okay, so what well, they want is you need to have your ID on you at nighttime and that's part of the rules. That's like one of the legislations that in Senegal is at nighttime, everyone must carry identification. And so because I didn't have any ID on me that he was saying that they're going to arrest me and they're going to put me in the jail. So I was like, <laughs> it's like, fuck, all right, well, so then, because he had his ID, the Canadian guy, they've let him go. And the two Senegalese cops have like handcuffed me and taken me into the jail. And next thing I know, this fucking flat, this floodlight like fully comes on me. And then it just like, it follows me into the prison down like this path. And they sat me down. They didn't put me in a cell. They put me just in front of it like against another, against the bars and they're just having this full-on discussion, this really heated argument about what to do with me. They're like yelling back and forth in French. Like, and I was just like, wow, what, like what this, this is whack. Like this is, this is not happening. Like I was just in shock. Like it's just, we were just having a few beers like half an hour ago at a bar and now I'm sitting here by myself with no money and no one else around me. Can't even speak the language. This is heavy. <laughs> but I kind of just thought, oh, well, it's something will work, will work out because the Canadian guy, he was going to go get some cash and I, I knew he was going to come back for me. And then 
10 minutes later, the two of the guards who put me in there, that they're looking at me and they just go ATM. And then I was like, yes, ATM. And so they've picked me up and then I was like, okay, cool. Well, at least I'm, I'm, and they've unhandcuffed me and we start walking out and I was like, okay, great. Well, they're just going to walk me to an ATM machine and then they'll be like, to pay them off. yeah, to pay like, them yeah. off, whatever a bribe is, whatever they're going to sting me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just a bit of corruption, but Hey, I'm, pay him just a bit to get out of there that's all good so they take me out and then one guy's he, the, the one guy's holding me and the other guy's on the inside of the, the prison and they're both having this really like still intense argument just like yelling back and forth and then he's, he's like grabbing me because he's looking back and then they're and, no English no English yeah, no, no, no idea what they're yeah. saying and then like next thing I know, I, this guy's let go of me, but he's right next to me, the the security guard, and he's yelling back in French. And next thing I know, I look at him, and he's not even looking at me. He's like looking at the guard, and then I just take a couple of steps, and then a few more steps, and then I just bolted. No. I just ran. <laughs> you were really pretty ran big. so fast. I was just like. This guy's not gonna catch me. I was just yeah. out of there. I was like, "Fuck it!" Like, it's like you're then, back in Mexico running yeah. from that other guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 fully. Yeah. yeah, I was just like sick. Like, I just know that I need to be away from this. And yeah. That was my opportunity to escape, and I just pinned it so fast down the road. Got like a hundred meters, then like got my thongs in my hand, and then just went <laughs> like I reckon I ran like a K or a couple of Ks so far so hard and then I ended up catching up to the Canadian guy who's coming who, back for you well he was he hadn't even got to the ATM machine oh, really? yeah <laughs> and he was like bro what are you doing man like how why are you here and then I told him I was like mate they, they, they were walking me to the ATM machine and I just managed to like get a moment to escape and I'm running and he's like no way we gotta hide bro we gotta hide <laughs> so he was worrying that he was worried that like bounty hunters would be like out there mm. looking for for us or for me and so we just hid like in some random house like front yard for like 20 minutes just until like cops or like until cars and traffic and people went away and then we ended up making it back to the reggae party we walked all the way around went to the reggae party just like was tripping that I was there and like told a few people no one could really believe it that we'd been <laughs> to jail and then, fuck, was there till like, I don't know, four in the morning. And I was like, okay, I've got to go home. I've got to go. I'm over it. I need to go to work the yeah. next morning. That was like first night. Yeah, that was the first night in Senegal. That's classic. And then we get in. We get back to this guy's house, Trevor the Canadian. And, and then he's like, yeah, just go to the beach and you'll get a boat back to the island. And then I was like, sweet. So I got to the boat, the beach at like five. And then the boat's there. But they wouldn't take me because they wanted – more people to be on the boat even though it's just like a two-minute trip mm. they didn't want to run it because they wanted to wait till it was full so i ended up being on the beach until eight in the morning oh. and that's when i was meant to start work <laughs> and i didn't have a phone first day. yeah first oh, day yeah. so finally at like 10 past eight the boat fills up they go over the, the boat to the to the island and like running to camp haven't slept have no idea even about this wave yeah. <laughs> and then literally just tell everyone all these guests who were like disappointed they were like yeah 
these Swedish guys are like, we've been waiting here for like <laughs> half an hour for you. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then Jasper, like this really lovely Danish guy who only can't, he just looked at me and he's like, mate, like, come on. Like, mm. I really was hoping you'd, you'd be good at this. Yeah. Like, what, what have you been doing? And I was like, mate, you got no idea. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I ended up getting arrested, going to jail because I wanted to <laughs> kind of a prison. And then I didn't know the boat wasn't going to run afterwards. Yeah. It was, he should have understood that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he, he took it well. He thought it was good. He thought it was good effort. <laughs> But it was also like, oh, I can't trust these Aussies who come and work for me. Like yeah. they're all the same. Probably, probably a good lesson. Mm. Yeah, nice. yeah, that was hectic. That was a good. That was a rough start to the trip, but then I ended up really loving it. Yeah, good yeah, ways. he said he loved yeah. it. Probably like one of the highlights. Yeah, in Morocco. for sure. Yeah. That Morocco, mm. such good surfing nations. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Africa in general. I think yeah, like one of the so sick. last really sort of untouched. Yeah, mate, there's so many waves there, like. Yeah, be so keen to go back to like Ghana and like all those little places down there. Yeah, wherever the Mick Fanny. Yeah, the, the snake. snake. Yeah, we feel like the snakes on. down there. No, yeah, we heard. Yeah. that's where it is. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> knows. And then after that part of the trip, you you just stayed in Senegal for a bit longer. Yeah, I ended up being there for three months, which was sort of not really expected as well. Just. Didn't, I really I three months to, in Morocco, yeah, three months in yeah, exactly, yeah, nice. yeah. So that chewed up like most of that year, but it was just so I, I just had to because I just wanted to get all the waves there. I really wanted to score them, and like Senegal's a bizarre place because you get like it takes north swells and south swells, so it gets the the big European swells that hit like Portugal, the big Nazare swells. You know they make their way down to Morocco and then. Senegal, if they're big enough, and then they change over in the season, and you get these south swells that come from, fuck, they hit like the whole east coast or west coast of Africa, and they go all the way up. And because Senegal sticks out on this peninsula, it just cops it the most. So, mm. and there's all these little slabs that were hidden uh, on this this little peninsula called Amadis, and it was just like, yeah insane surfing all those with like no one around yeah like, I literally remember, by yourself literally but like i remember like having sesh some sessions there there's a wave called club med and it's literally like an old club med they used to have that doesn't exist anymore and i'd be freaking out there's this perfect wave perfect right handers breaking on these urchin infested slabs and i'd be by myself just getting Barrel after barrel after barrel, and I wouldn't even be enjoying it. Like, it was actually like the heaviest feeling, and I just like come out. I just being spat out of these barrels, and I just be like, like fuck, yeah. like oh, I need like a someone. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I need someone. And then the next wave was like probably like almost a kilometer down, and I just be like looking to people, being like, "Can someone please join me?" Like, like I. Just it was just bizarre. It was actually one of the weirdest feelings I've ever had surfing. Like yeah. having the most perfect waves, the dreamiest little setup at the end of this reef, with these like the cleanest waves coming in all day, just the building swell, and no one even interested in surfing it. Everyone's yeah. further down surfing the mellow waves, and I, I actually like I, I didn't don't even know if I enjoyed it. Like the first hour was exciting, getting waves, and then. I was just like, fuck, like, 
I'm just getting the most perfect ways, but I've got no one to share this with. It was we just Jasper. such a bizarre yeah. feeling. No, he, he didn't owner. make it. No, oh, no, the owner. Oh, of yeah, the... dude, nah. He, no. he, it was Jasper, the Danish guy. He, he wasn't really. No one on the camp was keen on, 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 on going. There was just so many other waves. Yeah. And they'd rather surf these other waves. Like, they were going on missions down the down the coast. Yeah. And, like, like when it's on, the south swells just light up. Like, there's, like, 15 spots you can surf. Wow. And so you can pretty much find somewhere like by yourself. But the thing is that because there's such a good local scene there and bizarrely enough, all the local boys, the best surfers happen to be goofy footers. Hmm. And so they just choose to surf these like shorter, really funner lefts over like the bigger, more heavier rights. Hmm. So like occasionally they'd come up and they'd surf the rights for like 20 minutes and they'd go back to the lefts and just do these massive punts. They're just, yeah, fro- right. yeah, they're ripping. But it was just weird. I was like, strange how like it's predominantly rights and, but all the locals, they're all goofies and they all just put so going left. Yeah. yeah. So the rights would basically, you can, you'd be guaranteed they'd be empty. Wow. Yeah. It's really funny, funny feeling of like getting, Bored, getting bored or getting over or getting barreled. Yeah. By because purely because you're by yourself. And then you just, I just want to go. Think about that now, living in. I know, I know, I know, I know. Sound like a crazy person. Yeah, yeah, I sound like a crazy person for sure. But it's just such a, so it's such a weird feeling, like surfing these spooky waves, just needing someone there. It's so much better if you have one other person. Yeah, just one mate. Yeah, just, just one. With. Yeah, exactly. But Did you, um, would you prefer the waves in Morocco to Senegal or vice versa? Oh, look, Morocco's got so many more perfect, longer waves. So you'd yeah. have to say Morocco's, Morocco's the premier surf destination in that sort of part of Africa. Yeah. But yeah, Senegal surprised me. It was just really unique and, and what it had to offer and all these like is had everything beach breaks a frames point breaks these little slabs like these, uh, these crazy slabs and then sounds so and, fun <laughs> and you can just pick a side of the coast which is going to be offshore all day so like you can just yeah. fight like because it sticks out so much there's always somewhere good with the wind so yeah it was i think you could, you could score more more consistent waves in senegal yeah, for sure. Epic. Mm. And then wrapped the trip up, came back yeah. to then back home. Oz. Yeah, yeah. Landed on your feet in a job. I know. Before. It was just it was crazy coming back. Like came back and it was the, the bushfires and then COVID, and I was just like couldn't really get back into anything. Couldn't find a groove for a while, and then the lifeguards like did a little higher, a little intake. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's kind of feels like my dream job. Like I want that job badly. And and then applied, like not really thinking I was going to get in, just more for the experience of applying and then managed to get far enough down the track and, yeah, passed all the tests and the interviews and then got on. So it was, yeah. it was yeah, such a, a good background in medical yeah, sort of stuff. Like, yeah, so. like definitely a lot of background um, in sort of the social work field, working yeah. in disability and foster care and then obviously working before that on the beach as a surf instructor so and just growing up in the area feel very comfortable on all of like the beaches in 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 waverly district yeah so but yeah it's Mm. been been good it's been unreal working working down on the beach for 
Wave Leaves of Life Has it, it been COVID the whole time you've been there? <laughs> Almost, yeah. yeah. Started off COVID and then there was a few months of summer where it wasn't. Yeah. And then, yeah, no, it, was, it wasn't always. And then just lately, the last few months it's come back, or last month it's come back strong and it looks like it's going to be here for a while. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, have you been finding it? Like, obviously, you grew up in the area. Crazy, and yeah. Probably watching on TV. Yeah. Growing yeah. up and had expectations about it. And I know. It's now bizarre. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Like, I wasn't really that stoked on the cameras at the start just because it was just such a, such a different vibe and especially I'm just, at a new job with new people trying to get into it um, and didn't really want to have to have to focus on then doing interviews after doing you know rescues or whatever but it, it just comes it comes pretty much with time and it's not that crazy but yeah it was just a real honor to join the team and just work alongside like the most inspiring crew like it's just every person there has got such an amazing story and, and their life guiding skills and uh, just like second to none it's, it's it's heavy like everyone everyone really gets on it's such a team environment and it was definitely hard starting off in that team uh, you know obviously not knowing anyone like starting any job but starting this job especially seeing how much camaraderie there are it's pretty much a family yeah these guys are so close and they've been through so many heavy situations together and they deal with it like unbelievably well so it was like cool just to come into that and then watch that from an outsider and then slowly start gelling with the team it's awesome, is, man. yeah yeah it's gone great nice congrats yeah. thanks bro Cool, we'll just wrap it up with some questions. Yeah, what do you got? If you're going to give your 16-year-old self any life advice, what would it be? Oh, mate, 16-year-old, just, I can just back yourself. Just, just whatever opportunity comes, just go for it. Like, have, have confidence and have faith. Yeah, don't be a pessimist. Just, just be an optimist and just go for it. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, if the world was going to end and you had to travel to one country for a surf trip, where would it be? Oh, I can't go past Indo, really. Yeah. Yeah. Go nice. back to the men's for sure. Nice. Had to ride one board for the rest of your life. What would it be? Oh, yeah. I just got a couple of them made up. Go there. Almeric, got to be one. Fever, yeah, yeah, I got two fever. One, okay. I just ride one yeah. fever. Six one fever, twenty nine nice. liters. Yeah, beautiful. Shorty. What do you want to see more in the future of surfing? Oh, mate, I want to see people with disabilities ripping. Yeah, nice. like I've seen some weird stuff. Like a couple of guys coming from Brazil with like one leg, just. Like ripping randomly. Yeah. Ollie like, Doucette, the guy yeah, from the Northern Yeah, yeah, Ollie, Ollie exactly. Dude, really he's, well. he's charging. He's yeah. got, yeah, he's yeah, up yeah. There. yeah, yeah. He's gnarly. Yeah. The guy's ripping. And just people who kind of wouldn't really be typical surfers, I suppose. Like someone, some, yeah, people who are injured or, or like coming from a like background where they're not so they're strongly suited to surfing. I think that that's cool to see those guys getting out there. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's it, man. Mm. Thanks, bro. It's been a pleasure. If you enjoyed 
this episode of Ocean Matters Podcast, powered by Board Socks, then please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We would be incredibly grateful to keep this show moving in the right direction and to keep spreading the word and the stories of the ocean's beautiful powers to people from all walks of life.